happy holidays to everybody out there and happy new year it is another edition of your sports fix with the sports pulse new year's eve edition Devin Nash be here in the house with you as we getting ready to close out this final Sunday of 2020. You know, it's been a long year, both in the world of sports and outside of it, you know, but, you know, this Sunday, I mean, it's a lot that's happened this week within the world of sports. I mean, among the main things is the start of the NBA season has officially commenced like you know we had the preseason but now the official thing has started it started December 22nd for a number of teams and you know for the Washington Wizards let's start with them through two games you know you never want to do anything you never want to like panic after it's like two games you know unless you're like oh and two but you know, the Westbrook experiment, I mean, it, it depends on who you ask how that's gone so far. Like, if you look strictly at stat lines, I mean, he's the first player, to, uh, he, not the first player, but he's, well, he was the first Wizards player to have a triple-double in his Wizards debut. He's had triple-doubles in back-to-back games now, and, you know, Bradley Bills looked great. But then you look at the flip side, and the fact that they're 0-2 in two very winnable games against the 76ers and the Detroit, I believe the Detroit Pistons. Or no, not the, no, the Orlando Magic. And also Westbrook has been kind of the same thing that we expect. He's got triple doubles, but he's been woefully inefficient. You know, 15 to 41 shooting, 0 of 6 on three-pointers through two games. So it's like kind of what you get to expect from Russ at this point. So it, it it's, and, you know, Bill having his usual 20 and 30 point outings and stuff, and they're 0-2. So it's like, you know, through two games so far, it's it's they've been looking kind of shaky. And I feel like they're still trying to figure out some rotations with some people. And it, it just, it you know, they, they, they got a lot to figure out. And especially that front court, it's, you know, it's a lot to it's a lot to be left lot left to be desired up front. So honestly, right now it's a work in progress for everybody involved. Like really a work in progress. But it's only two games into the season, so it's not nothing that you should get too crazy about. You know, on either way, like even if they were two and zero, it's not anything. At least for the Wizards. I mean, there are some things around the league. Like, for example, the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant has looked absolutely amazing in his first two games back. I mean, against the Warriors and then against um, the Celtics. He has been lighting these teams. It's almost like he's just picking up right where he left off before he got injured. And he hasn't played in almost two years well no it's been a full year and some change since he last took an NBA basketball court and this dude hasn't lost a step at least through two games you know and he, he's looked great but Kyrie Irving has looked just as good you know and he too is another one who's missed a significant amount of time over the last calendar year with injuries and stuff so neither one of them have really lost a step and are looking good and again 
still just two games into the season. But, you know, the, those two just look great so far, you know? You know, and I think the Nets believe it too, though. Now, on the flip side, in terms of more panicking, Golden State is in trouble. And, you know, you, like I said, you can never make too many assumptions after two games, but you can just see in two games, Golden State is in serious trouble. Like, this Klay Thompson loss is really going to sting them, you know, and they, they just they just don't have the depth that they've had during those that championship window, you know, and is is great for basketball when the Warriors were good, but it just it's it's looking very shaky and it's unfortunate for them and it's unfortunate for Steph and just all those guys, and just all the great ball they've played over the years and now it's just kind of come to a crashing halt and they're just not the same team anymore. You know? And you just wondered how that loss of Clay was gonna affect this team because the magic comes when it's all three of them, Clay, Steph and Draymond. But they got some pieces to be left to desirable, like James Wiseman. I mean, he's looked decent in his first couple of games in the NBA. But it just still is, it's 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 looking scary. Like, I mean, they just got obliterated by Golden State. I mean, not by, by, um, by uh, the Bucks and Giannis. And then the game before that, when KD made his return to Golden State, and they just got obliterated when they were there, like, or against them. So it's just like... They've looked very, very. It's not even that they're zero to. It's just the way they've played in these two games. This is a sign of. This is a sign of things to come. They could be in some serious trouble. However, you want to look at it. So, definitely something to keep track of for Warriors fans. And I mean, granted, they've had a lot of success over the years, so it's not like. I mean, they've been almost spoiled to a sense. So it's, you know to lose a little bit for a while like i mean it it it, it won't hurt them that bad. <laughs> you know i mean they don't want to go back to the old days when whatever but you know it's 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 unfortunate for that franchise and for those fans who pretty much been on one heck of a run over the last five or six years so you know what a way to start this year it's it's crazy but <laughs> I guess to pivot over to football, some very to start in the NFL first. There we're getting we're hitting that home stretch of the season. You know the final quarter of the season. A couple of weeks left in the year. A lot of division races are shaping out. Playoff pictures coming into form. The Washington football team is in arguably its most crucial and important stretch of football in the last five years. And yet the only news that was dominating the airwaves most of the week was a very controversial photo or group of photos and videos that have emerged this past week of Dwayne Haskins partying maskless at what people said was a strip club, but he says it was a private party. It wasn't at a strip club, but that is neither here nor there. But it just, you know, he can't win for losing. Like, you know, he's not helping. I mean, I, I really want to root for this guy so bad, you know, for a lot of reasons. You know, he's a hometown kid. He's obviously, for me, being an African-American, he's a black quarterback. You know, there are a lot of reasons I want to root for this kid, but he's just not helping himself. 
he's not helping himself. I mean, this is multiple times now where he's had dust-ups and just slip-ups, mental lapses like this. And then on top of that, he's not playing well on the field to help himself. Like, it'd be one thing if he was playing well and he was just doing dumb stuff. And it's like, hey, you know, he's 20-something. He'll learn from it, which he still will. But you're not helping yourself when you're not playing well on the field either. Like, you got to you gotta pick a struggle. Like, play well and be a jackass or I'm not saying he's a jackass, but I'm just saying like play well, hopefully like, you know, he's in a position now, you know, Alex Smith has missed a game and there's a chance he could miss some more time. We don't know yet, but he's in a position now to you're almost playing for your life at this point. Like you're not, how many more chances are you going to get like this? You know, and there are not a lot of quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, that get this many opportunities to show what they can do. And you you just can't keep blowing it. I'm like, yo, I'm really trying hard to root for this guy because I want him to succeed. I know he's got talent. It's just like, yo, what what is what is going on? I mean, it, it just seemed like he's things. And then to the point now he got his – he was a captain coming into this season. They stripped that from him because of this incident you know, on the eve of a big-time game coming up. So it's like, what is he going to do? Like, I mean, what what is his future? What does the future look like for Dwayne Haskins? Because I just don't see his future being in Washington. Now, what is the rest of his career going to look like? Because I just don't know. I mean, he's just too young, I feel like, to just completely bottom out. But they always say the NFL stands for not for long, <laughs> you know, and the average NFL career only lasts three years anyway. He's coming up on this year two, two, I believe. So it's like, yo, he's in a precarious spot if he doesn't, you know, whatever. So it's unfortunate for him. It's unfortunate for the team that this is the, that was the focus all week instead of a big time game that they got coming up. So that's unfortunate, but they still are in a very good position because a lot of things could go their way. You know, if, you know, a lot of things happen, they they could be looking at a division championship with just a week to go in the regular season, which could be huge for this team and the, the, the culture that they're trying to build here. You know, <clears throat> the culture they're trying to build here in D.C. that in a city that, I mean, like, it could be a huge stepping stone if they can get to the playoffs. And then, but the other crazy thing... Washington was in the news for more reason than one this week. And the fact that Dwayne Haskins' little incident was dominating headlines over the fact that the embattled owner, Daniel Snyder, is once again finding himself in the news for reasons off the field. You know, obviously earlier this year, there was the bombshell report that the Washington Post dropped about the culture of sexual harassment within the organization over the years from a lot of high top top of the food chain people and you know then you had Larry Michael who was the voice of the radio for the many years and that he was involved in it the, the bombshell drop report dropped and all those people were essentially forced to resign now you get something else comes out this week now they're saying Daniel Snyder himself sexually assaulted somebody on a plane on his private plane and was sued and they buried the lawsuit like 
you know, files of it and basically did it behind closed doors, hush money, whatever you want to call it. And now this is coming out. But I'm like, yo, everybody is ragging on Dwayne Haskins about something that was stupid. Yes, it was stupid, whatever. I didn't see nearly as much outrage and anger or whatever you want to call it. I didn't see as many people in arms about that. And that is way more egregious. I'm just like, bro, what is it going to take for this man to sell the team? What is it going to take for the NFL to step up and say enough is enough? Because he's, I mean, on the field, he's not there. I mean, I don't know money-wise what it looks like for them, but he's running that team into the ground. He's been running it into the ground for the last 15, 20 years. You know, they they haven't been good. They're not a marquee. Well, they, they used to be, but now they're not anymore. A marquee franchise. You know, the team itself, the product has been bad. You're 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 costing yourself millions and millions of dollars in litigation, you know, hiring private attorneys and just people resigning, you're losing generation young generation of fans, you know, you were forced to change the team name, you got your owner, you got your minority share owners. Snyder's up in, like oh saying that he's been blackballed or blackmailed by his Minority share owners, they all went out. I mean, this is a a mess. Like, how much more of this do you think Snyder is going to want to deal with? Like, what is it going to take for him to get out while he can? Like, you know, like it, it's it's getting ridiculous. It's it's. I mean, it's been ridiculous, but it's getting to the point of like, it's getting past the boiling point. Like, what what when is when is Dan going to step up and say enough is enough? I'm done. I want out. Whatever. Because I feel like that's coming. I don't know if it's coming this off season. I don't know if it's coming a year from it. It just feels like it's coming because it just it doesn't look good for him. He seems to be like a changing of the guard is coming. I just don't know how or when. I just know it's, it just feels inevitable at this point. Like it, it just it's, it's been too much just in this summer alone. Like, you know, like more than I can ever remember. Like this team has always been kind of a circus, one of several in the nation's capital. Um, but I just I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this year and this off season, it's, and 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 the year before too, because it carried over from last year. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like the last two years. So. And with the new change of culture in here, you bring in guys like Ron Rivera, you bring in guys like Chase Young on the on the field, you know, to change some, a lot of things that this team was dealing with. And so you just wonder, is the owner next? <laughs> like, you know, it only seems to be fitting, right? You know? So, I mean, what what is it going to take? What is it going to take? What is it going to take for Dan to say enough is enough? You know? When does he finally decide to throw in the towel? Wave the white flag, whatever you got to do, you know? Because fans have said, have been said, I mean, fans have hated him for years. You, I mean, you know? So when is it going to be enough? I don't know. But, I mean, elsewhere around the league, though, for the first time in years, the Patriots have been knocked off of their, their, um, they're top, you know, the first time since 07, I believe, they're not making the playoffs. Not only are they not making it, the division winner, the Buffalo Bills, clinched the division. 
Miami won a very big game Saturday night to keep their playoff race hopes alive. They're now a 10-win team a year after losing 12, <laughs> you know, while having a constant rotating. Like, I don't know. Is two the answer? Because Flores, Brian Flores, you know, a lot of people praised him for the way he handled the situation. But every week it seems like Tua is getting benched. Like he'll play games and then he'll do bad and bench him. I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's getting enough attention of what is that going to do to Tua's confidence that every single game he's getting benched in favor of Fitzpatrick. Like it, it's just this back and forth affair with that they're having with them because he's had and I just I don't I don't know what that's going to do for him. But I mean, at least in the short term. They've won 10 games and have been able to overcome it, but it's just like, bro, is two, of the, is two of it or is it just still too early to figure out with him? You know, because I just, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just at this point, we haven't seen enough. And he it, it just at this point, you know? So, but the Dolphins are still alive in the playoffs, very much alive at that. The AFC North at one point looked like a wrap for Pittsburgh. They've lost three straight. Cleveland is having a resurgence. Baltimore is having a resurgence. I mean, Cleveland is not even not even a resurgence for Cleveland. They, they are good. A 10 or 11 win team. Baltimore is having a resurgence after a very rough beginning to the year. So, you know, that AFC North still seems somewhat wide open, you know? Like, you know, and even... Cincinnati, you can't really give up on them because they've they pulled off an upset over Pittsburgh and I mean they're not out of the playoffs but they could play spoiler down the line for a lot of people. You know, that division is very strong. Three teams could potentially get to the playoffs or win the I mean like it's a lot to play and taste. You know. So a lot of really great stuff going on in the NFL for sure. For sure. Now, elsewhere over in college, everything has been set in stone over there. You know, you got New Year's Six Bulls coming up. But the playoff, the college football playoff, you know, the big the big moneymaker, whatever. But more controversy this week because everybody, I mean, at this point, it is no secret that the college football universe is fed up with the fact that Ohio State was allowed to get into the playoff with just six wins over a 10-win a Texas A&M, 10 with the nine-win Florida team. You know, Cincinnati was undefeated and played a full season. You know, a lot of a lot of teams got overlooked for a six-win Ohio State team. And, you know, Texas A&M has been vocal about it. A couple of their players have. And Dabo, who's scheduled to play them, has said his stuff, and he's spoke out again. And he's doubled down on what he said before, you know. And I'm just, my thing is, look, I agree with that, though, that, no, Ohio State, I don't think they should be in there over a team with 10 wins, you know. But at the same time, you just keep giving Ryan Day and Ohio State bulletin board material. I, I just hope for his players' sake that he's not writing checks that they can't cash. If Clemson doesn't absolutely dismantle and embarrass and just run Ohio State out of the building, if they don't dominate them from the starting whistle to the finish, like if it starts like it did last year, where they go down 10 nothing and they're just getting thoroughly trashed for like 
two and a half, three quarters. I don't want to hear Dabo's mouth for the rest of the decade. <laughs> like, and God forbid if they lose. God forbid if they lose. But seriously, if they don't dominate Ohio State, like if 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 Clemson doesn't beat the scarlet and gray off of them, then Dabble just shut up. Just shut up, please. But if I mean if they do, then okay. But he's talking way too much. And it's it's just like, yo. It's not even comparable. Like people tried to bring up that video of Ryan Day in the locker room. What he said is not comparable. He's not taking direct shots at Clemson's pro. I mean, this man, Dabo, is just teeing off on Ohio State every opportunity that they give him. And I'm just like, bro, I hope he is not writing checks that his team can't cash. Because if he if because if they don't dominate them, I mean, even okay, just win, obviously. Like if you win by like a field goal, okay. If you win by like an interception on defense, okay. But it's still, I mean, it's not, but I, I expect a thorough domination and dismantling of Ohio State, the way Dabo is talking. Like, that's what I expect. I, I, if, if Clemson is not in a national championship game by a resounding beatdown, it just seems to be whatever. Because if, 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 if Ohio State is that much worse and all those other teams that Dabo says are better than them, then there should be no questions, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No questions left to be answered about Clemson when this playoff game is done. You know, that's where I that's where I stand with it. Like, you know, like that's where we're at, in my opinion. You have to just destroy them. Seriously. You know, and then on the flip side, a lot of people are upset that Notre Dame was allowed to come in because it's like, yo, Notre Dame got, I mean, they got absolutely, like, what I expect Clemson to do to Ohio State, that's what they did to Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. They destroyed them. And yet still, Notre Dame only dropped, what, like a spot or two? And was just dropped from, like, the two to the four. And we're still allowed in the playoff over a Cincinnati over an A&M, <laughs> you know, those two teams. Like, it, it's it's crazy to think about that, like, especially A&M. Like, granted, A&M didn't play in a championship, but we saw this a couple years ago. Alabama didn't play in an SEC championship game, and we're still allowed in the playoff and won a national championship in 20, I want to say 17 or 18, one of them two years that they were allowed in and then they ended up against Georgia in the national champ, like, you know, stuff like that. So Bama, Ohio state, they always get the breaks and Notre Dame now, like, you know, so it just, a lot of people were just like, yo, this just feels like the BCS again. Like this is just the BCS with a nice ribbon around it. <laughs> like at this point, you know, that's at times, that's what it feels like. Like the, I mean, the fact that Notre Dame, got in the fact that Ohio State was allowed in at all. But I told y'all, I've said on multiple shows before, like there were shows a couple weeks ago where I said, no matter what happens, this year's champion is going to be a fraudulent champion. This is a fraudulent playoff system this particular year because of the circumstances. And this is even more fraudulent than I could have imagined, but it's still fraudulent nonetheless. Like I've said that before. This, this, the fact that this is even happening the way it is like no matter who gets picked for the playoff besides Alabama and Clemson it's going to be fraudulent and there's going to be a lot of people upset because it's just you know because of circumstances with the pandemic and everything 
halfway seasons. And we know that it's all a money grab. Like, it's all about ratings. It's like, who do people want to see? What what brings the ratings? Not who deserves it. That's why Cincinnati wasn't going to get in. You know, A&M probably wouldn't get in because people are like, Alabama blew them out and I don't know if we're going to watch a game like that. It just, yeah. You know. We're gonna see this. It's we're we're we're, we're it, things are leading up to another championship between Clemson and Alabama, at this point. That's what it's looking like. You know, just no type of parity. <laughs> you know, but I, I guess we can end on that mouthful. That was a lot just now to give y'all to think about. But we can end there. You know, don't want to go on too long, but. We're closing out 2020. This has been one of the most challenging years, probably in any of our lifetimes, you know, in a lot in more ways than one. Obviously, with the pandemic has thrown everything out of whack, even stuff like sports. You know, sports have been an adventure in the year of the pandemic. We've learned a lot of good and bad things about the world of sports in the pandemic. You know, a lot of memorable things. Obviously, we all were there in March, in March 11th, when every the world essentially stood still. They shut everything down, you know, and things have just kind of we've seen where it's gone from there. And but this year has been crazy. I mean, the loss of Kobe Bryant obviously couldn't. That was probably one of the worst starts to a year that I can remember. You know, like 2020 has been an adventure from start to finish. Like it it has been one of the most crazy years that I can remember in my lifetime in the world of sports and outside of it. So for all of us who made it to this point, that's something to be proud of. You made it to this point in one piece, COVID free, all your relatives still intact. You didn't lose a job, any of that stuff. I think you ought to, Congratulate yourself and thank whatever guys you believe in because this has been one for the books. And, you know, considering this is probably going to be the last podcast of the 2020 of 2020. Before I sign out, I just want to tell everybody Happy New Year. And here's to 2021. Hopefully 2021 brings us many more pleasant memories than 2020 probably did. But yeah, this is Devin Ashby signing off for the final time this year. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Happy New Year. Continue to stay safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. And just be safe this New Year's, you guys. Signing out. Deuces.